welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe or ever listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Get your beer steins and pretzels. The brats are back to reunite. It's time to talk all things Drag Race Germany reunion. And join me to talk about it all is Precious Envy. How are you? Hello. Welcome. Welcome in, everybody. Um, all right. German, I don't know if pronunciations are what they are. And as always, I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us, reality production. We are showing the editing of the television show wants us to see. We react to what is presented yesterday to real people and go on opportunity and go on television to share their craft, but they've also put themselves in a position to be discussed with set of the podcast for entertainment to discuss reality in the show. So the reunion. We are now in our third iteration of the reunion in the third filming location in mm-hmm. Columbia. Um, number one and number two did it one way. And number three said, we're going to do it our way. Now I'm going to ask you in a little bit which version you preferred. Because okay. they were different. I, I vaguely I remember... I vaguely remember Mexico I and I haven't watched Brazil yet. I know I, I now was spoiled on who won, but it was like, I figured that was going to be your winner. Uh, but yeah, so this was the first, uh, yeah, so I was going to watch, I was actually not going to even watch this till probably like tomorrow. So I'd watch the reunion and then the finale, which is what my plan is for Brazil. Uh, but then you're like, do you want to do the reunion? Am I going, okay, I'll watch the reunion first. Listen, you can't go on social media and not get spoiled for anything. Oh, I know. But the thing is though, with these international seasons, the way they go, or uh, I'm, okay with being spoiled because a lot of times that just means uh it will mean that like the pressure to finish the season is now like not there so i'm like okay i can focus on the ones that are still in the budding stages and then i'll go back and be like oh yeah let me finish those last episodes of of brazil just so i can be just so the completest in me can be done be like scratch that there we go well you need to be complete when we do the end of the year um podcast well, last year I, I was ha- I had like not all of Italia, and I was still fine. I, I did pretty well for myself. You were fine because we had our expert on. Scout's always going to be the expert on that one. Mm-hmm. No, we didn't. No, all Scout. Right. Scout was MIA uh, last year. Remember? Well, that's right. Scout um, had poopy problems. Yeah, I just called you out, bitch. <laughs> all right, let's go through it. Mm-hmm. The cast of Drag Race oh. Germany is here as they are reunited, and hosting it is Barbie Breakout and her man Johnny Jovanovich. And don't you worry, Diane Brill stands. She's a coming. All 11 Germans, Austrians, and Swiss are here, and I think it's time to toot and boot their reunion realness looks. Are you ready? Reunion. Yeah. Let me pop them up, see what order they Barbie have. Barbie Q, in. look by Hans Singer Munich, hair by Mido Wigs. I think Barbie Q was easily an underrated competitor and was someone who could have been a contender for like a mid placement in the season. One bad week really knocked her out. I think this look is fun and campy. She looks hot, literally. It's on the simpler side, but it does allow the cartoon elements to pop. I think it's good. I'm trying to find it. It's just like the way they have it on the looks is weird. But I'm trying to remember it. Like, um, 
Yeah, they have one where it's just, is it all the girls here? Oh, yeah, it didn't, it didn't keep, it like stopped after a certain girl. Okay, here we go. There we are. There's Barbie. No, I like Barbie. I, she was one of those where it's like, I think she just had this like warmth to her that like whenever she did have a moment that they like when production gave her a moment to talk, it was always like, oh, I, I like I, you resonate with her. So when she was the first out, you're like, all right, well, that's gone. And it was just nice to like see her back. And I thought she looked she looked really good uh, in um in fire. I'll give her a toot. She gets a toot for me. Audience, 78% toot, 22% poop. Kelly Hilton, no designers listed. How is it the reunion is the best she's looked all season? She looks regal and purple. The stoning I... on the garment and the hair. The mug is perfection. I love it. I was like, when she came out, I was like, girl, oh, this is, this is everything. It's so uh, she, she just looked, she just looked gorgeous. It's a toot for me. A toot for me as well. Audience, 95% toot, 5% boot. Lindley Cocoon, look by Hans Singer Munich. She was always off in her own world, and I think I like that she is giving you this cartoony club kid look for the finale. She is owning her gap, and she's painted it on, and it's on the garment, and, well, good for you for owning it. I think the latex execution is a bit mediocre and maybe needed a good uh, steam. Go, don't show uh, Pangina Heel. She might yell at you. <laughs> it's a cute look and in line for what I expect from her. Yeah, it was very much in line from what was um, what we saw from her Meet the Queens and from, I think, at least, I think her first entrance, her entrance look, I thought, wasn't the character that I was expecting. Um, but this is very much in line with, like, who I was, who I would have expected to, to walk in the workroom. Uh, yeah, no, she really is, like, fun and very much her own staple of drag. And I'm here for it. It's a toot. It's a toot. Audience, 78% toot, 22% boot. Lorelai Rivers, look. By Tessa and Helen High Street, jacket by Dirty Signer. Okay, fun fact. This look is actually not hers. It's Tessa's. She gave it to her to wear to finish out the, quote, mousy plot line she had. I think it's campy and silly, but I do wish it was something <laughs> stronger. And you can tell whose wardrobe this was from. I love mm -hmm. the jacket that it's cheese. It's so ridiculous. Uh, it's fine. It's a cute, I think it's a cute look. Yeah, the cheese jacket is like the best part of it. Um, I don't know. I think her mousy story, like to be like, hi, wear this to like continue your mousy storyline. I was like, I, I don't know. I don't think I would have done, I would have gone for that. I would maybe like put maybe like a small element to indicate it, maybe like a little cheese like clip or something to be like, hi, I'm wearing a, a pin with a cheese on it. Um, but I don't, it's like, Lorelai is a weird one where it's just like, she was better than I think even she thought she was, but mm -hmm. she let the, she let the competition get in her head. Um, and cause I think if she didn't let that bother her, I could have easily saw her in the top three. Yeah. I'll give this look a soft toot. It's a soft little toot. Audience. 53% toot, 47% boot. Metamorkid, look by Gerald Spiegel, hair by Ida Von Gomes. I love the silhouette. I love the hair. I love the arrows. I love the jewels. But where is the necklace? Come on. There's too much real estate there. I think this is nice and a comfortable look for the evening and a great way to remind us that she can serve avant-garde but also be a beauty queen. Mm-hmm. 
No, I like it. I like that she decided to go with a subtle statement than be like outside the box. Because I think for her, Pandora and Yvonne, this is like they still have like they still have boards that they're going to be showing. So they don't need to go as big. Like the girls are going to be back next episode to do you know, their last runway. So they'll probably have like the more extravagant stuff. But I like that this is giving you like a more softer meta. That's very like, kind of give you like old Hollywood um, sultry. Yeah. I'll give it a two. Oh, it's a two for me. Audience, 79% two, 21% boot. Nikita Vegas, no designers, let's say that is drag hair. It's a super cat suit. Literally, it's not groundbreaking. It's a club look. It's a walk around look. And that's about it. Yeah, it's like, I think it fits Nikita's personality, but yeah, the look itself is very like, there's just like, I guess for her, maybe she just wanted to have, be, to have fun, but it's a little too, I don't know, it feels like, it feels pedestrian, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like it's as elevated as, as, um, uh, as maybe she hoped it would be. It's it kind of reads for me, and that's why I'll give it a soft two. But the hair is the best part, and no. even her mug. Her mug is really good, but the outfit itself kind of reads like kids' PJs. You know, like when you buy like the ones that's like zoom. Like <laughs> it, it kind of gives. It's like I know it's supposed to be superhero, but it looks like superhero PJs that you like get at like Target or something. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be. It's a it's a soft boot for me. Audience seventy two percent two twenty eight percent boot. Pandora Knox, no designers listed. I love that she is going monochromatic and the fact that it is pink is kind of hilarious as it is very feminine and she's tried to fight that all season. Again, mm -hmm. she went for comfort over fashion. The hair is huge. The eye is her signature eye, so I'm glad she kept it for this. Yep. No, I think her, her eye makeup has always been like amazing and fun yeah i do i do like the soft pink hair um if i was one for wearing really big hair i would totally like love it um but i do like the front how the front of her hair is styled and that's like a cute style um but yeah no i'm i'm fa a fan of her like pink moment where she's like because she's been very black and white all season two just like meta yeah. so it's, it's nice to be like oh it's like that little pop of like pastel soft color so i'm here for it it's cute it's a toot for me, and the audience agrees. 85% toot, 15% boot. Tessa Testicle, no designers listed. She really wants a crown, so Tiana, Tiara, we, she will wear. I think this is very simple and but evocative. It's kind of sexy. She looks sexy. The pink leggings are driving me nuts, but I guess have to call her the leggings girl. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I do think I think her face looks really, really nice. I like that, like the outfit also has like a harness vibe to it. Um, like be if you can't win the crown, be a crown. Uh, yeah, I will say like sitting down. I think the tights are there because otherwise it'd probably be bare leg and probably exposed cooch. Um, so I don't know. Maybe she would have done like maybe just like flush tights. Maybe would have liked a little bit more. But yeah, I think it's it's a toot. Um, because I like what she what her idea was. I'll give her a soft two in the audience. 67% two, 33% boot. Next up, The Only Naomi. Look by Mike Drop. Hair by Layla Delicious. Rough by Marcus Eichmann's. When she learns how to bring personality, she could be a force to be reckoned with. This mm -hmm. modern dramatic red moment is unreal. I love the silhouette. The rougher collar is great. She is giving you a period piece done with a modern flair, all while being sexy AF. Obsessed with the mug. A very strong night for this one. 
Oh, she uh, she had such a good night. The only thing is, I, I always get weirded out, but when she stands still and they do a shot of her full body, I, I forget like how fucking tall she is, and her body proportions are just like are just so wonky. Where it's like, uh, like we'll talk about later when they're when they did the runway of like the lo- like the lost looks runway, as it were, and I was like, I don't know where what part is what in this in this frame, but yeah, I think she had um, the stress is gorgeous. I do like, you know, it's like Elizabethan, but but make it modern. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I was here for it. So she gets a toot for me. Toot for me. Audience agrees. 88% toot, 12% boot. Victoria Shakespeare's Look by Michael Masarlo, robe by Catherine Delish. Is this just her nightgown? No, she got some gold on. At least she's not <laughs> Britney. I think the brunette is not a color I'm used to her wearing, and I don't love it as much as the blonde, but she is certainly mm-hmm. a woman. It's a very soft mug. Again, comfort over fashion. Yeah, it was very comfort. Um, yeah, the like pretty much the dressing gown of like, I'm just here for, for the night. I do like um, it because it looked like the gold also kind of looked like it was like wrapped around her. So it kind of also kind of in a way was kind of framing herself. It, it was a yeah. Yeah. Um, it was an interesting take, and I do think it's like she chose to go a very different route, especially like because she does look very different with dark hair. Like it, it does. Mm-hmm. She does. She is able to kind of transform herself with her hair color, which is always a good thing. So yeah, I'm, I was here for this. I'll give her a toot. She gets a toot for me. Audience seventy two percent toot, twenty eight percent boot, and finally Yvonne Nightstand look by Yvonne. She's giving a fashion reference with a throwback element. I do not care for the glasses because we saw them last week. Should have cut them. I think the tie effect is quite strong and it gives the outfit a lot of depth and movement. I wish the skirt flared flared out a bit lower because the cooch is almost seen, which honestly could have been her goal. I know she wanted to make, she wanted to be like, meta, meta, meta. It's ready for you. Um, I love this. I was trying to think. It, It felt like I feel like the the um tie dress has been seen before on drag race but i couldn't remember like what oh, season yeah. and who did it um but i was like but it was very evocative it's, it's and a I fashion do, like, reference too yeah it, it is it's one of those cool fashion references where it's like here ties have all these you can get ties and so i when i do buy ties i always like to find the ones that are like quirky have random shapes um or the color or offbeat colors so I like that, like she played with all that to make the um, to make her the bodice, uh, and I also love that, like it's great with a tie link. That you have your own little like, you, it's makeshift fringe. It's perfect. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. it. You know, you you know me, Yvonne can do no wrong. It's a tube. It's a tube. Audience seventy six percent tube, twenty four percent boot. We <clears> will <throat> start by congratulating or congrag. Regulating our three finalists, Yvonne Knightson, Pandora Knox, and Minimore Kid. Are these the three you thought would be at the finish line? Um, yes, because if we remember the Drag Race preview podcast, I believe my top four queens were Pandora, Metamore Kid, Kelly Hilton, and Yvonne Nightstand. So I was like, I picked the top four. Yes. Um, I mean- honestly. Honestly, I thought Kelly would be there instead of Yvonne, just based on like how the track records were. But Yvonne kind of like had that like second act 
um, resurgence. You know how some girls are like the first few episodes, they were like, they're struggling. And then they hit that midpoint where it's like all of a sudden they're excelling. And I think that was what Yvonne did. She hit that point where she started to excel really well. Like she was doing okay, but not like great. Like she never hit the bottom. Um, so I thought going into the, the, um, the makeover, especially given the previews of the whole Yvonne's and Le- Yvonne's pissy because she's flirting, like Meta's flirting with a with her guy. It's gonna fuck up her uh, her chances. And I was like, oh, okay, this is where. So Yvonne's gonna go out, but then it's like, oh no, Yvonne won, and we're gonna get rid of Kelly. I was like, okay, um, I would have preferred a top four then, if you just to keep Kelly around, right? right. Um, but yeah, no, I thought like I like Pandora and Metamorkid were expected, but I think I think I felt Kelly was going to make it over Yvonne. Um, but I'm but I am happy Yvonne is still here. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Austrians like kind of knew we we're going to be the final. Like they just brought such good drag, even from the Meet the Queens mm-hmm. promo. Um, Yvonne, I enjoyed. It, it's the Lily that I think screwed everybody up because I think if Lily did not get eliminated wrongly, so it could have been a very different season. Yeah, mm-hmm. I also think had certain judging not gone the way it did. Um, we'll talk about that week where um, the Merkle of it all and mm-hmm. does not get the win for the runway. Things are going to look different when it comes to track records. Yep. So it's really an interesting season of like one little thing can change the entire outcome. Yep. That's when you see those YouTube guys who are like, I'm, I'm like rejudging this in the seasons. Like, well, if they, you know, if they, if this person would have won, which they should have, then this person would have been at the bottom and they probably would have gone home and all that stuff. Like, you know, judge it based on like the drive merit and not production being like, no, this will cause more drama if she stays. Like, right. You know, the whole theory. I was going to do that on the podcast. We do, we yeah, we do. do oh, yeah, I was. I literally had the whole discussion last night about the most recent UK being like, "Here's my conspiracy theory." Given next week's episode, you know, kind of, You're kind welcome. of thing like that. Yeah. Now, unlike the other two franchises filmed in the studio, we will not be going contested by contestant. And while I did advocate for that at the time, there was something about this one that felt naturally curated and covered the things that needed to be covered. Unlike Brazil. So I kind of want to give credit where credit's due. Barbie Breakout, you're a really good host. Yeah. Yeah, it did the flow for this. Because I think when you do it, the, hi, you were first eliminated. So let's talk to you. All right, we're done with you. We're not going to talk to you again all episode. And then you're like, hi, yeah. So it's that whole, like, forget, but like, forgetfulness. It's like, um you're you're you want them all to have like you want it to feel like they're all getting enough enough screen time um and it was nice that she had moments with almost every single one of them um so yeah that was that was nice and it felt like we're gonna go in an order that flows well and not let's talk to you let's talk to you about this right. okay we're gonna talk to you about this oh well we, we'll, t- we'll touch back about that when we get to her you know things like that it was it, it, it i liked how it like kind of flowed together where it was like this is segment one this is what we're gonna talk about then you'll we'll talk about this in segment two mm-hmm. barbie's gonna call out random people ask them to share their most memorable moments of the season why why not let's yeah. start with nikita who says it was in the first episode when barbie came down the stairs they looked at each other shed a few tears as it was a special moment okay stop blubbering we're all emotional and sentimental <laughs> victoria will say she had a lot of great memories she loved all four of her lip syncs 
but she's already <laughs> thinking about the Miss Congeniality crown, and she will say it's all about the love she got from everyone mm-hmm. after she was eliminated. And they all love Vagabunda. Next, Vagabunda. let's ask Yvonne Nightstand. She says it was a very emotional moment for her. It was interviewing Tessa's leggings. <laughs> Did she know yet? Did she know yet? Because she was laughing her ass off. Yvonne says that it touched her so much and she learned so much. And I I did. Same. Mm -hmm. And if Tessa, I don't know, appears on a television screen again, she better be walking out in those leggings. Speaking of Tessa, Mm -hmm. um, she hasn't posted in a while. She posted a new photo. When did she get so fucking hot? Oh, I I I haven't looked at Tessa in a while. Oh, well, I have Instagram open right here, so I can easily. Y'all, just go go look at that elevator shot and you're like, okay, well, maybe Tessa is a trade. I don't know. Now, Kelly, I I would say Kelly and Tessa was always like attractive. Oh, and then the pin post of them dressed as a Freddie Mercury is also quite a. Quite cute. Actually, this picture, he he looks like one of my old roommates. So no, Um, but the elevator shot. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you know, they all some of like the boys who are cute, they're like post drag race glow up is them getting even like somewhat hotter because they're like, oh, I'm desired. Yeah, no, I like Tessa had like trade energy. Um, He was just it was just kind of like, I don't know. I think Tessa's personality on the show was always like, girl, uh, like her. Mm-hmm. She's shown like she shined brightest on the on the um doing lip syncs like lip syncs i was like oh yeah that's where your her star power really showed during the lip sync but in the challenges she could never harness that power how they always say her runway if she can just take what she brings on the runway to the challenge she'd be amazing that's how i feel with tessa was like if the energy that she had while she did lip sync put that on the challenge she was like boom a star um but yeah no that um yeah that uh, that elevator shot's really nice Kelly will be told by Johnny to eat up the little cheese snack next to her, to which she says she's allergic. Is there beef between Lorelai and Kelly? I don't, I don't know. know. Her moment was the comedy challenge with Nikita and Yvonne. She says they didn't just laugh. They had a bond of warm-heartedness and closeness. All right, everyone's being very sentimental except for Yvonne, and I'm here for it. Now, both Barbie <laughs> and Johnny will take the moment to tell her how beautiful and fantastic she looks and asks why they didn't see this sooner. And she barks back that it wasn't a design challenge. It didn't have to make her own shit. She's not bitter at all at that dirndl at all. Mm-mm. And that's well, the thing is, it's like you yeah, go ahead. That's the thing is, like certain years, and this is you get this on American Draggers for certain years. There's a more there's a heavy design focus where it's like there's some there'll be a season where it's like a lot of costume challenges, design challenges, and then there'll be a year where it's like a lot of acting, a lot of comedy challenges because you feel like, oh, what they're trying to find this year is a fashion queen. Then it's like the next year, like, right. oh, what they're trying to find is a um, a comedy queen. So it is that thing where you're like, the focus of the challenges end up being, because there were a lot of comedy challenges this season because Pandora even made that comment of like another comedy challenge where, and then you, it was like, okay, you had, they had a lot of comedy challenges, but you know, the, you, the thing is the runways that were not design challenge runways, you couldn't have brought something that elevated 
as well to a look like that because there were times where you could have brought that but yeah of course well we will have a waist off between kelly and nikita and good for the old folks showing off the curves <laughs> all right yeah my walk out. daddy knocks is in the house and we are going to take this moment to relive an iconic moment of the season when pandora comes out as disco daddy drag king Barbie will say that she believes, and she will be partially wrong, that she is the third or fourth cis woman participating in the huge franchise. Uh, maybe she assumed another franchise was going to have another woman by the time this aired, but nope, nope, still at three. Uh, well, no, she said third or fourth, so she was right about the third. Right. So yeah. I, think she, I think she thought maybe there could have been a fourth, but there hasn't. We haven't. Mm, there hasn't been. Uh, Pandora says that on one hand, it's important to her to represent women there as it's one of the reasons she's there on the other hand she doesn't want to give it that much significance because drag is not about sex drag is art and art is for everyone not so mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what's between your legs she says that women are worth as much as anyone else who does drag um i'm glad we had this moment because this question could have been asked by supreme deluxe to clover bish this reunion but she mm -hmm. didn't get that question so i'm glad that um pandora got to speak for everybody Barbie wants to know what she would tell people who claim cis women have an unfair advantage in this competition, and Pandora says the assets and drawbacks are different. She says that she may not have to shave her chest, but instead her hairline. Well, so do the men. There are different advantages and disadvantages. She says mm -hmm. it's really uncomfortable to wear a breastplate over her fake tits. Johnny <laughs> wants the tea. Did any of them say... What is this bitch want here? When Pandora walked in and a resounding no, but Pandora's like, they don't say it now, but they did. Do you think any of them really had an issue with her? Um I don't know. I think it's like the only the only vibe I got watching that first episode was when she won the mini challenge and someone was like, uh, she didn't she didn't even have to do anything for that pose but i was like um i'm like well as a viewer we were seeing her do a lot in the in the uh on the little spinny thing giving various poses and it's just like no that's the shot that's like oh yeah that's the shot um so i don't know i think it was just like they might have been if anyone did have any kind of issue i think pandora probably was like by the by the end of that first runway you're like oh no yeah, mm -hmm. she she's a queen. She 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 deserves her spot here. What does drag mean to her in three words? Well, she's going to use more than the a lot of three words. She says it's an external expression of her creative but questionable inside in a language that people get. Meta's going to then mock her Austrian sis, saying uh, if she wants to turn it into a poem, and Yvonne's like, do it in alphabetical order. And yeah, she's never going to remove her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now Barbie's going to segue this segment by sharing that they must make sure that the drag scene remains inclusive or become more inclusive, open for everyone because drag is art and there is a movement of right-wing conservative groups at the moment who try to label trans people or the drag community as dangerous. Has anyone experienced this kind of discrimination? And Kelly will say a lot. She shares that a week before she came to Drag Race, she was performing in a shopping mall with two other queens and she was attacked on stage. She says there was a protest march outside against the show. She says it was interesting that a lot of moms who were there with their children protected her. She says that's how you raise kids, is you have to show children all colors of the world. She says that's the way to become happy adults and have a better future. 
She does not wish that experience to anyone. It did encourage her to do drag even more, and she won't stop no matter how she gets pushed away. Now, Barbie says this is the reason why the show is airing at the right time in the German-speaking area, because this crap has come here, too, meaning uh, we imported it to Germany. Sorry. (laughs) She says it's important for people at home to see that they do not endanger children, but they are normal people with big hearts and normal dreams and needs. Drag can transform lives. It's an important topic. It was touched upon a little bit in the season, do you think Barbie being the probably one of the more um, socially active social warriors of the drag race hosts, it was important to discuss this here? Yes, because I think because even you got that like in Canada's first episode, they make a reference of the stuff happening in the U.S. Um, they're like down south, like you know, a lot of like the laws that are, that we're seeing come out of the U S and it's like, it is that thing where it's showing that it's not just an us issue. It's a, a world issue. Um, and I think having your host be vocal also shows that they understand um, because Absolutely. that's always the because that was always the thing. Remember when we were hearing all these bills being like like being put into place, all these places that are like saying that they're going to restrict drag here and there, and everyone's being like, "Well, where's RuPaul on this? Why is she so? Why isn't she saying things?" You're getting things from like Michelle Visage. You're getting things from other people who work in the drag race um, world, but like the essentially the voice of U.S. drag whether you like it or not is considered to be RuPaul because of the success of drag race. And so when you have her not saying anything, it does reflect like being like, hello, like you're the, you've put the show together. You've put drag on in like the mainstream media, like better than anyone else can. You have opened up drag, like this franchise uh, in across the world for more people to, um get to get exposure but you're also not protecting the children that you are letting go into the world like you know so yeah so i do think having um barbie be such a voice for for uh, for the community is is it's refreshing and it's really nice to see Tessa will take the moment to thank Barbie for opening the playing field for them and sets a conscious stance against conservative oppression in the time when it wasn't cool. She says without queens like her, she would never have the courage to try drag. Well, now, something that wasn't in short supply on Drag Race Germany was the comedy. Just ask Pandora. She had <laughs> had it with the comedy challenges. We get a montage of the Kelly and Victoria in the court sketch, Yvonne slaying the roast, Nikita falling on the treadmill, and Lily and her booty sanding. The question to Lily and Nikita, how much fun do they have in that mini challenge? Lily says she's never had a prettier ass, while Nikita had run out of ideas as the other used them before her, so she decided on happy hour. And apparently, that was enough to be one of the top four comedy moments of the season, which is choices. 
choices but also too it's like we even said when we we're t- i think because uh because i think i was here for the barbie justice episode i think that's when that's when i was last mm-hmm. on for germany and it did feel like i think we had the whole conversation was like i don't know if it's just like we just didn't understand german humor because i don't know because it wasn't as funny to us right <laughs> but it was like and it became one of their like top moments of comedy <laughs> Was it surprising that they found Nikita funny? Well, Nikita says yes. They yes, always because she doesn't think she's funny. The girls were told to shut up, and you know she's that bitch who just wants the compliment. Nikita mm-hmm. says that she's rather modest, which everyone will give another big old eye roll. But she says she's rather she'd rather understate and surprise everyone. Barbie tells her she is funny and can make money with it. Come on, comedy queens tour. Yvonne mm-hmm. will say that some of her moments were with Nikita. Love for Nikita! Now Barbie will come out and admit that judging the Merkel runway was one of the hardest decisions. Girl, admit you have fucked it up in the entire trajectory of the season, so we're going to be reminded that we lost Lily in the lip sync. How does Lily feel? Lily says that it was a very different situation for her because she didn't expect it. She may not have shown it, but she says she was fucking heartbroken. She will start to break down as Naomi will hold her. Lily says she cried herself a Lorelei River. She wanted to show so much more and find out more of herself and discover that what she was capable of. She wanted to do so many challenges she's never done before, so it hurts that she didn't get to show it. She will say that she had a wonderful time with the darlings, referring to the previously eliminated barbecue and the only Naomi. She will say that four years ago, she never thought she would be sitting there. She watched the show and said, you can do it, just start. And now she's there, and this is just the beginning. The beginning of the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. She is up for having fun, drag, and do what and show the world who she is. Why do you think Lily was singled out? I think, I think production might have had a higher expectation for her. Um... And so when it came to her elimination, I think they it was one. I think they realized after the fact, being like, we probably could have had a strong competitor if we kept her and got rid of Tessa. But like, yeah. Tessa was just like, I I, th- I even think I even commented like on that. Like I was like, Tessa's like, like I said earlier, Tessa's like a really strong lip singer. Like she shines mm-hmm. on that, and I'm like going. And that's always been her bright spot. And I'm like, I think, uh, like, I don't think Lily beat her in the lip sync. And I think that's what it was, too. I think it was like, you couldn't deny Tessa not winning the lip sync unless you did, like, the camera tricks of, like, not showing her half the time. Because they've done that a lot to to justify Mm -hmm. a girl staying. Because you're like, well, we didn't ever see her on on the camera. So we don't know how good or bad she was. Because the shots were only of one queen. Barbie will think, that yeah. she sees a special she sees a special bond between her Naomi and Barbecue, and Lily says that they are the top three bottoms. <laughs> Naomi says that they are her sisters in trauma and can relate to that now because she was has the bond with them. She calls them great people, empathetic, generous, warm-hearted. She is one in a different way. That's what they all say when they lose. Big old losers. We won in a different way. It's the friends we made along the way. Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. Do they have plans together? Well, Naomi is trying to turn them into NBL. Naomi, Barbie, and Lily. The others are just not on board yet. <laughs> you know, it's also the three of them feel like the weirdest pairing as well. But it's like, yeah, it makes exactly. Sense. It makes zero sense other than the fact that like we were we, we were just the first three eliminated. So we share 
the early outness, but it's like, yeah, it's like, it's a thing. It's like, there's a trauma. We trauma bonded. It's like, yeah, there we go. It's the Barbie on Barbie bit where breakout talks to Q about her tears in the workroom and how they touch them. Breakout asks if it must be hard to be the German pork chop and get eliminated first. Q says that the fact that there is, she is there means much more because she's from Bolivia. She would have loved to have shown a lot more so that the kids in her home country might see and think, that's what I think and feel, and it's not wrong. Now, Barbie Breakout will tell Barbie Q that they hear her. Come on, pork chop season. Let's get sickening. I think it's time. Let's do it. I was trying to think. They should have named it. I don't know why they don't change it for, like, to be of the country. Like, they still keep pork chop. Um, I think the only one the was, like, can Canada was like your our Canadian bacon, and I kept joking. But I'm like, well, yeah. who's the Belgian waffle of Belgium? And it's like, yeah, it's like you know, you're the bratwurst of of Germany. Like, I think you should have it be like pork chop in America, and it's only pork chop because her name was pork chop. And it's like if really? they had got if it, if she had actually beat Akasha in that lip sync, we wouldn't be talking about the Akasha of the season. It's like it doesn't have that same yeah. ring. There's no Akasha Lolly Doc. Like, yeah. <laughs> God, could you imagine that multiverse of madness? I don't think we'd have Drag Race anymore. No, I don't think so. It's no. time to turn the attention to a moment that really touched Barbie and still confuses us as to why the only Naomi was the driving force behind it. Mm-hmm. We will watch the moment in the workroom where the AIDS ribbon is discussed. Barbie will thank Naomi for bringing up the discussion in the competition as she told Naomi it was touching for her to know that she has moved her to become active about the issue. Barbie will ask the others if they feel HIV is yesterday's news, and Lorelai will say that HIV will never be yesterday's news as it will remain a huge part of their community. She says that she loves how it's being reclaimed and is no longer a taboo subject where you can talk about it openly and enlighten people. Naomi says at the end of the day, she doesn't want it to disappear because drag is fun and full of glitter and beautiful, but for the next generation, she feels they lack the understanding of what came before. Which is funny, since she is of that generation as one of the youngest in the cast. Anyway, she says it is important to her to bring it into the show and to say that the she lives with privileges, which others have created for her. Now, Barbie says it's important to remember how much they have lost as it is important to not pass on her generation's trauma to the kids who are dealing with safer sex now and might get infected now because it's no longer a death sentence. Everything that was a huger issue of fear is no longer that issue. Since they didn't get to say it in the moment, Barbie will educate the kids and remind them that they have prep and pills to suppress it so you can't pass it on. It's important to keep the dialogue about it alive and not just about the trauma. And Naomi says no one does it better than Barbie every year on World AIDS Day. Hashtag advertising. Hashtag can't wait to see what she does next week. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Obviously... For us, we were all very confused as why Naomi just randomly had an AIDS ribbon on, and it felt very contrived and and strange. I'm not taking it away from her. Maybe she is an advocate in her community. Maybe there's something more we didn't see. In the past, a lot of the HIV AIDS conversations on Drag Race are led by contestants who have it. Is it safe to say that maybe this cast didn't have anyone who could speak on it from experience and therefore the discussion came about this way? I think so. Cause I think having that discussion brought up, cause that was like episode two, I think when that was brought up, I think you still, and that was also a full cast. So it could have been 
easily brought up to be like a conversation to follow to be like, I am, you know, an HIV survivor and discussing like, you know, that. And I do think it could be that, you know, there could, there maybe isn't one. There's somebody in the cast who contracted it. It would just might be someone who's like, I know someone who had it or I lost someone right. from it. But yeah, it does feel like, you know, as, as, as Barbie was mentioning, like, you know, we have, other ways of prevention now aside from just condoms like you have prep, prep pills you have um you know and then there's like you have people who have um who are uh what is uh, non-transmittable like they're not detectable like they have the disease but it's not no longer but they can't transmit it or or the detection levels are so low that it's just it's like you know it's been suppressed um I think it's like we have all that now where it's like, I think and then most of this cast feels like it's of a younger generation. You only have a couple girls who are a little bit older. Uh, so I do feel like it could be one of the things where as we get, as we move forward with Drag Race, I think we might be seeing girl, less and less contestants maybe being HIV positive than we saw in the past. So it has, so I think the, the, con the age conversation has to be brought up in different ways. Um, right. But I do think, Naomi does also feel like she has like even though she's probably the youngest one there, she has like an she has like a quality about her that's like that she realizes like if we don't remember the past, we're gonna repeat the past. I think because there was mm -hmm. I I know there's a couple of queens I know of where it's like they where it's like they're young they're like yeah I'm like they were I was like they, I'm like I pretty much could be their daddy um how uh, like based on like when they were born I'm like oh baby um. And I see the performance. I'm just like, there's some that are just like, la, 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 la. And then you have a couple of girls who are just like, I'm like going like, oh, you get it. And I'm like going, and I see the perform. They'll do like older tracks. And I'm always like, the kids are going to be all right. Like, you know, you have, because you just need a couple that, that want to know the history, that want to know what came before us, what came before them to know us and what came before us. So, yeah, right. I, I, could, I could see it actually being something that she might have already uh, done. And it was a way to be like, oh, this is how we're going to talk about um, the AIDS of it all, as it were, uh, this season. Um, because you also have, I think, Barbie, it, even if Naomi wasn't cast, I think Barbie would have had to have found a way to discuss it, to, to discuss it um, being how um, active she is. Johnny... We'll say that they had an interesting elimination and rolls the tape of Tessa testicle of it all. She's a star who will call Johnny a bitch and then rub her ass all over the mirrors. Johnny wants to know what's good as Tessa tells him she has decided to attend the reunion as Mother Teresa testicle. She tells him that they are a family and they have a lot of emotion that boil over in the pressure cooker. She says when it's between two Southerners, it gets a bit hotter. Is there really tension between... Tess and Johnny, I don't remember it being that high. Like I, I feel like everything he said to her was valid. I don't think I think maybe just like I've been mean, probably probably in the moment it was like, oh, here sure. we go again. You know, sometimes when you have the when you're like, because again, it's like we're seeing the episodes weekly. They're like, there's like there could be three episodes or something the same week, and they're like, uh, you told me this two days ago. Like, come on, like kind of thing. Where it's like they're living it. So I think sometimes it could just be like in the moment, it might have been like, oh, this motherfucker. What, what do you got to say now, bitch? Let's go. 
Johnny tells the girls that it's important to not critique criticism as a basic nod aimed at them personally, but to understand that it's others wishing for them to be successful. It is constructive criticism. And he had to go through it, and it helped him grow a lot. Now, you may be giving cri cr constructive criticism this evening. Being That's someone right. who's taken it a lot, what have you learned about yourself? Nothing. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, I think it's like doing any sort of competition, um, you kind of have to, one, be open to critiques because someone's always going to have a, someone's always going to have something to say about your perform Absolutely. performance even us as fans we can sit there and watch queens and be like girl you chose why are you wearing that with this number or it's like you're like this that death drop was not or that split was not warranted in the song at that moment you know it's the things that you naturally do um i think over time you the the one thing is you just once you know who you are in drag it gets easier to take the criticism and either know it's like, yep, I can agree with what you're saying or to be like, okay, I can take that in to help further me along. If you think that you walk out on stage and you don't have to grow and evolve, you're, it's not going to work. You're going to, it's going to, it's just going to become stale. You kind of have to grow. You kind of have to evolve. Um, you kind of have to like, you know, play with like, play with genres, play with music. And yeah, I think that's, uh, you just have to kind of like, you have to be open to learn that it's like, you never stop learning drag. Like new, new techniques are always going to be, are always on the horizon. You can keep this, you know what the thing is, the one nice thing is if you don't change your makeup, you'll always have a unique beat because everyone's going to try to look like everybody else. And then they'll be like, Oh, well, no one looks like precious because like, that's what precious does. It's like, that's the nice thing. It's like when you, there were so many, what was it like a lot of, because Miss fame was one of the only ones that were doing like drag tutorials on YouTube for a long time, that there were so many Queens that had that Miss fame beat for to start of their career because that's how they started to learn drag and then they evolved over time to change to be like what works better with their face than what worked on her face right we will see a hug between tess and johnny and wow she is tall she is a big lady and now to that iconic mirror message and that was actual factual buttocks she left a clear message, a woman of few words, or as Johnny says, her brain is in her ass. <laughs> but did you Return also catch... Victoria. Did you oh, also catch, like, so when they... I didn't catch it the first time through. So when they were doing her... Uh, when they were doing her... Were showing her elimination before she put her ass on the mirror, she said her thing. It's like, next time you'll see me, I'll be an all-star. And I'm like, wait, is she projecting? Was she Was she manifesting? Listen, oh, my God. Did production already say... Did production already say, hey, you're not leaving Columbia? Just have... We have a hotel ready for you for a few weeks? Like, come on. Listen, you remember the interview with Tessa's leggings, the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's all-stars, so... Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying she's on an all star season anywhere mm -hmm. sometime soon, any maybe a drag Olympics of sorts, but mm -hmm. I'm just saying if she does appear, she predicted it. Yep. It's mm -hmm. crazy. But anyway. And is she only Victoria. the second queen to ever put their ass on the mirror message? Probably. Yeah. I can't remember. Well, I know Willem We're did it. Turn to Victoria. So yeah, I, I know Willem did it. That's the only one I can think of. 
She's going to be praised for her bleeding heart lip sync. And Barbie says she is in awe of her and her fearlessness saying it was sensational. And then tore down her for the flowers lip sync where she made sweet, sweet, sweet of touch's table. And even the girls are reacting to the insanity. And by the girls, it's Lorelai and Nikita. They are still not having it. No, 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 no. Victoria will state that none of it was planned. She actually had planned a way to stand in front of them and have a Sasha Valor moment with flowers on a song called flowers. flowers. Oh, um, also Sasha Valor are going to be there a couple weeks later. It's very funny. Anyway, mm-hmm. she will reveal the wig didn't work. So a girl got to do what a girl got to do. and says it's a lip sync for your life, baby. Do you think it's fair that she gave her innards? No, I don't. I was like, ju- jumping off the stage is one thing. But when you get on top of the judges judges area, it's just like that's just it's just like it's just I always felt desperation whenever a queen went to yeah. the judges. It's like you're desperate, you're just doing your stay. And it also with the fact being like if you're on the judging table in front of the judges, the judges is are not looking at the girls on the stage. So why are and it's like and then you're going to be the one who gets kept because they're like well we remember you because you were right in front of my face like i don't know it's the, the whole like going to the judges is always is always like it just feels like mm, so tacky barbie will say it went too far for her and victoria's like yeah those choices but johnny says it was a three-way lip sync and what she did caused a lot of struggles he was like el scandalo but says she has to do something to shine but says you could tell by his reaction he was highly blessed. Okay, so mm-hmm. he was okay with it because he got the buttocks and the wiener and everything. I got oh, yeah. He... Barbie will note that there is a different person she met in the workroom, which is more shy than when she performs, where she lets go and explodes in her personality. She says, Vagabunda enter her and does what it wants with her. And it's time to finally educate us all on what Vagabunda means. She says, if you translate it, it means slut. But that's not all. A vagabunda <laughs> is a woman who does whatever she wants. It's an independent woman, empowerment. She fights for what she wants and doesn't need a man. Are you a vagabunda? Not by choice. Um, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, as someone who's single, it's like, uh, I guess um, it'd be nice to have like a partner in crime, but yeah. Well, a family that laughs together fights together. Time for Lorelai. And she's like, really? That's my segue. She will be reminded that Meta told her straight to her face that she annoys her. What's her comment? Lorelai will say that the competition is a pressure cooker and says it was noticeable that she put a lot of pressure on herself and was in her head. She says she is not always the most positive person and try to tell herself that it's okay. The negative feelings are only in her head. They are only lies her mind produces, but they are still valid feelings. She will say that she is actually grateful for Meta for mentioning it. She talked about it directly and clearly. Lorelai says she values an honest person and loves Meta a lot. So Meta will share that when she was in a show with older queens and she complained the whole time and was annoying as fuck, they would tell her to shut up. And that's what she passed on. Passed on the wisdom. Now you, as the older queen in the basement of the rock bar, do you tell the younger queens to shut up? I just ignore them. I'm like, I just walk away. That's fair. 
Yeah. Barbie says that sometimes in families you let the fur fly, but also appeals to those watching that the drag race fandom is infamous for whatever they comment on social media for the mm-hmm. queens, as it can be very toxic, racist, fatphobic, ageist, etc., etc. She says, if you claim to be a fan of drag, it means all drag, not just your favorites. She says it's not drag friendly to ick one and hate on the others. She demands respect for not only her queens, but all queens. Listen, it's not something RuPaul has ever said. It's something RuPaul should say. Mm-hmm. Did the fandom listen? No, because they're still dicks. The problem is the fandoms, um, once they, it's one of the things, the problem is like, there's so many Drag Race fans who they attach themselves to one queen and it's like no matter it's like they can do no wrong and any queen that like kind of comes for their queen they go all go off on it's like when it's like the pop stars just go look all. at what happened with brazil i've yet to go but i will um it was nasty Okay, but it's also it's also the pop star of it all. It's like when you have the people who are like Team Britney or Team Christina. It's just like it's all that bullshit of this like you know you have your girl and you live for your girl and it's just like you know they're all multifaceted. Like there's drag. It has so many different like layers of what you can do with the art form. That yeah, you may not like musical theater, so. Musical theater queens are not going to be your forte. You're if you want a girl who's going to buckle and like do death drops and splits and, and just do dance and perform and dance for an hour. Yeah, you're going to go. You're going to go. You're going to go search out uh, those type of shows. But you can't knock the girl who is live singing Broadway show tunes because she, you know, she trained her voice for that. Where this girl trained to dance. So it's like they train themselves in different in different aspects to do what they want to do. And a girl who just sits there and does a parking bark and emotes the hell out of it. It's just like, yeah, she does, may not have the best voice, may not have the best dancing skills, but she can show you, she can show you what she can store. She can do her storytelling in her face. And that's, you know, that's also a part of drag. So it's that thing where it's just like, there's so many drag race queens out there. It's like, I think I made that comment once where it's like, drag race is like Pokemon. Everyone has a favorite. At this point, it is. And my plea to the fandom, they are real people. Sure, you might want to find something out. Don't harass them no. to the point no. where it could affect their career. Just just don't. Mm-hmm. Just don't do it. Yep. Barbie reminds the girls that the judges had very harsh words for the girl. Now for the girls to answer back. But they're not going to answer back to the judges. Oh, pit crew. The sexy man arrives with a tray of spectacles because reading is what? Fundamental. That too. Naomi on Lele. I love you, baby, but you are a living example of what a Frank what Frankfurt main station looks like in drag. I guess you gotta be there to understand the reference. Yeah. Naomi and Nikita. When I met you, I told you when I'm old, I want to be like you. Now I realize you're not old at all. You're just ugly from the inside and from the outside. <laughs> Naomi and Tessa. Tessa, or I call her Mr. Testicle, forehead longer than her time on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi on Victoria. 
filler queen, Brazilian butt lift when the face sags. And Victoria will tell her she needs a BBL, a big brain lift. I don't think Victoria was able to take that one. She was not happy. Mm-mm, she was not. When she, when, you can see it in her face. She was like, no, no. Naomi on Kelly Hilton. I looked forward to getting to know you here because everybody says you're nice, you're smart, and you always have great makeup. Now I know that you always have good makeup. And Kelly's like, whatever, all the jobs. <laughs> so that. Naomi is on Naomi. You always say you're so much more than blonde, pretty, and basic. True. You're also blonde, blonde again, mini dress, body, and out. <laughs> and Johnny says that was a joke to Lorelai. And she's like, no, that was reality. <laughs> I mean, jokes are rooted in fact. Mm-hmm. Barbecue oh, she, and Johnny. she killed it oh she killed it she was great a little birdie told me that you think i'm hot out of drag i've got one thing to say hi sorry sorry you're a bottom what's up that was good what you're a bottom what's up <laughs> barbecue on pandora pandora is one of the first female born drag queens of the whole franchise but she still has the biggest dick of the cast pandora's dick is so big it does drag too hi meta <laughs> <laughs> i was cracking up with that i thought it was so good oh let's do a double whammy barbecue talking about dicks and meta sorry in meta Yvonne Nightstand, <laughs> after seeing you drunk once, I thought, yes, one night is enough. Whereas I would say, yes, one episode is enough. And she read herself. <laughs> the library is officially closed. And you know what? They came in prepared. So future contestants <laughs> who don't make it to the reading challenge, we get to do it in a reunion. Be, be prepared. Be prepared. Be prepared. Yeah. Because it, it always ends up being right, a part well, of the reunion. And it makes it more fun if you know, if you come in like guns blazing, claws out, because you always get the girls who are like, <laughs> and they try to do, they try to do something that's like about like an episode of like something that's like about a particular episode. And it's like, that wasn't funny. Like, uh. well, Johnny is the Yenta of the panel. He wants to know from Meta how this coupling came to be. And Meta says, well, it came building over the season and says, let's see what happens after the competition. She says, Yvonne has managed to touch her in a beautiful way. I bet she has. Uh, It must be nice to have uh, hotel rooms that don't have locks on them and tape on the door. (laughs) Meta says that she has had a guard up because she is a sexual assault survivor. So it was hard to let anyone in, but Yvonne managed to break her shield. It's nice. Whatever happens, happens. We love a romance. Now let's hear from the other party. Will she be comedic or sentimental? How does she feel hearing Mero to Mero kid talk about her like that? Well, Yvonne says it's beautiful and she can only reciprocate the feeling. She says the composition is a strange vacuum of feelings, but she's open to continuing after. And I was like, oh, she really likes her because she's not Mm -hmm. making a joke about it. Well, you know, she really liked her based on like how she was. uh, She was like, jealous girlfriend during the makeup episode every time she's like why is this hand touching his his shoulder like that what 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 oh they're, they're laughing too much uh it was like i was like i'm like i'm like oh my god i've never i've never uh resonated with yvonne more than this episode yeah do we have any eyes on the situation do we know how long it lasts because surely it's done by now because we haven't really seen any 
inklings of things i don't know if they're if it's like if it will be like you know because the show like the re like this since we still have officially one more episode i don't know if it's going to be something where it's like we can now post about things now that the show's over mm -hmm. um or it's going to be one of those things where it's probably like brought up again um in the episode like we don't know Let's move on to Barbie's old friend, not because of their age, but because they've known each other a long time, Kelly Hilton. They have seen a lot together, but notes that racism has played a role one too many times. We have a look back at Kelly discussing her experience with racism in the drag scene and in theater. And Kelly is emotional again, and she says that they do know each other and how hard it can be. She says it's why she works so hard. Drag has given her strength. She said it was tough for her because she found a safe space in drag and it was taken from her. She wondered how far she could go, but then she got there on Drag Race. She made it. If she can make it there, she can make it anywhere. It's up to you, New York. I'm sorry. It's up to you, Kelly Hilton. <laughs> Kelly Hilton. The underscoring turns triumphant as Kelly says that she hopes her time there has shown people out there what is possible. She will thank Barbie personally for her support during those hard times at the safe space when it was taken from her and she was there. She then thanks all the girls for showing love and helping her function and let go. And this was emotion from a girl who was cut right before the finale. So I feel like she was still broken up and very emotional in this moment of the reunion. Yeah, I think I think Kelly has was uh, when you're that close to the finale, you have like, I think, a lot going on in your head. Um, what was it? Oh, I lost my train of thought. I, I, if I come space. back to it, if I come back to it, I'll, I'll go to it. But my, my, like the train left the station, I forgot to board it. John will thank her for saying being weak is also a strength. And I'm going to pretend that was lost in translation. But he does have one more question for her. Under all of this discriminatory garbage she faces on a daily basis, why does her light shine so brightly? Kelly says she learned in life that you need don't need not much. She gets the energy from the people who smile at her from time to time on the street and the kids she teaches and celebrate her just the way she is and love her the way she is. Barbie tells her that she can feel the love there and the empathy of her sisters who celebrate her no matter the color of her skin because she is a great queen and a great human being. And she says numerous girls have told her that she supported and listened to them. So I'm like, not enough to vote for her to miss darling, but we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Do you think Kelly and Barbie had talked after filming or do you think Kelly might have pulled a little bit of a grudge? I think if they were close, I think, I think they talked after filming. I think it was, I think they, I think, I think they had, I think Barbie would have reached out. I don't, I, I don't, if she didn't reach out, then yeah, I could see Kelly kind of having a little bit of a grudge or maybe it was an understanding of like, I, I can talk to you once this is all done kind of thing. All right, well, even though they sashayed away, the Eliminated Queens are getting a chance to show their lost looks as they've gotten the opportunity to show their best runway looks that were lost. Let's go through them, starting off with Victoria Shakespeare's A Hairy Affair. I feel like she looked very anime and honestly was very close to crossing a defensive line. I think the look was fine. I wish there was a bit more sparkle in the look, though the VS in the back was very, was great. I did, yeah. I think there was an element of um, uh, Chinese uh, grandfather to to the look. Um, I do think I, I do think that the way the look is designed is is fun. Um, 
and the VS in the back. Because honestly, it does give it to it is a moment of like, wait, oh, that's Victoria. Like she was able to like make herself look different with uh, how she painted and the beard length. Um, but yeah, it, I thought it was a good look. You know, it was a good look for her. The only Naomi, my future self. I loved how fashion and futuristic this was. The puffer jacket somehow transformed into something runway ready, though. Mm -hmm. I wish it wasn't ripped sleeves. I do not understand the ripped sleeves of it all. The eyes were dynamic. The hair was bold. She is ready for Paris Fashion Week. This is an it's new, and it's a shot I was talking about how when she came out with the mask thing and the shot where she takes it off, I was like, this is a giant like she is just like it's like her legs extend to a certain point she has very a very little like um pelvic area and then she has a fucking like double-sized torso it's just, like everything about her is just like extra long and yeah, yeah it's just like proportion wise sometimes it's like you look at her and you're like going like i don't it's just like it's like it's Gobobulated, but yeah, this look was like really fierce. Barbecue, opera queens. Oh, okay, she is the queen of the night. Love the crushed blue velvet. The moon headpiece was a bit rinky dink, but overall, this was a very impactful look. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to continue to advocate for her to come back for pork truck season so she can wear a crown. Yep. I also think I will say I think the one thing looking at her when she was walking, I thought I thought she was like serving the camera, like she was making love that camera. But I do think the headpiece might have been or the hair might have been a little too like heavy because there were moments you see her walking where it's like you're like, is the hair gonna like fall? But you're like, okay, no. I'm like, going, that's a that's a that's a headpiece right there. Um, but yeah, when she walked out, I was like going, oh, this is stunning. This is stunning. Lily Cocoon, dinner is served. Pizza pie, realness. I think this was so incredible. It's got fashion silhouette while being incredibly campy. The headpiece was giving me focaccia and the mug. Mm -hmm. She hasn't the ability to transform her face like very few can. Yeah. That was soft. Oh, this was just so much fun walking out. And I love the material of this, like of like a of a tube dress that kind of gives the illusion of tubes. It's just like it was just so much fun. Nikita Vegas, Opera Queen. I feel like this was already in her closet and she chose to bring it and pass it off for this category because it was a period piece. It yeah. really is a stunning garment. I love the color story with the mint and the gold. The hair is operatic and big. It's a good look and a nice departure for her. Yeah, it, it does feel like given her career, she probably had like, oh, I have a very like, a, a, like a very, like was it not, not, Queen, not Queen Elizabeth, uh, Marie Antoinette inspired outfit that I'm like, oh, I could easily net at the opera. This is perfect. Lorelai Rivers, Opera Queen. I guess it's Macbeth the Opera. Why is she giving us tartan? I think the word, if she had used it in a voiceover, would have been Westwood. So thankfully, we did mm -hmm. not have to have a voiceover. I do like the style <laughs> of I love the ginger hair. It's good look, but I wanted a bit more classical in the face for an Opera Queen. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think her face was a little too modern. Um, but yeah, I would. I was living for the theatrics of it all. And Tessesco, three and one. The fact that she didn't get to show this and the rest of the package was almost all crap is kind of iconic. The egg to the yolk, so campy, and she showed so sexy. Um, she might have been able to secure a win in this look. The reveal from yolk to chicken was flawless. I thought this was brilliant. Have we seen this before? Because I feel like Probably. it's... 
it's because when I was watching them, I'm going like, I was like, did someone do this on the, on the season and she's making a joke or has this been done in a past? I feel like someone has done an egg into a chicken into like, into, into like a three that had an egg type look. I just can't remember where I saw it. Um, but I thought like it Friends was so much fun. I'm sure it does exist somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure if I Google, I would have found it. But I, I was I was too tired last night. I was like, I'm not googling. Um, but I love it. Yeah, I thought this was like so much fun. This is probably like it's also showing like a campier side to her, her to her drag that I don't think we really got to see um, her perform while she was on the show. In a moment that seemed incredibly random and out of left field. We're going to turn to the attention of Gianni's t-shirt as he's wearing a t-shirt of Cherry Valentine. He shares for those who may not know that she was on Drag Race UK 2 and passed away about a year ago. He says that this look was for some for him to show that Cinti and Roma are visible in drag, not just through Cherry Valentine, but also the Vivian, which I didn't know about. Was that ever discussed anywhere? I that one I think a, it. Uh, I think it may have been. I think okay. possibly, but I don't know if it was like. But that was never part of her storyline, so I don't think it ever like. Right. right. They ever was like it might have been something that was said in passing, or it's like you know in her you know something she's done post show that you know the show is isn't bringing back. He says the fact that he can be there this season is a great honor for him, and it's important for him to give people who have been marginalized in more than one way. Visibility. He notes that they have intersections on the show and they have found their home in the healing in drag. How did you feel about this moment in the way that it was produced? It felt like it did come from out of left field. Um, it, like I was happy that we got like an immer, a little in remembrance for Cherry. Um, but I guess it's like, I guess because I didn't know much about Johnny's background that right. it did feel a little like a little after school special but like i'm glad it's there because i guess it's like it could be it could be different in germany on how the romani and um oh god what, what was the other name that they said the uh, sinti the sinti it might be different in germany on how they're portrayed so it might have been one of those things for them to be like we could use this moment to like really showcase because it's like you know we'll have eyes on the show well, the time has come to talk to the finalist. Hey, Yvonne is straight away asked how much pressure it is to know to be known as the comedy queen of the season. She says not much as she had proven herself in the roast, but she did feel under pressure in the beginning and thought she must deliver as it was expected of her. She realized if she just let herself go, it worked. She's funny. No more pressure. Just open the flap. Says all the bottoms. She has learned to not be embarrassed of herself and just be able to laugh at herself. And then everyone will laugh. She found it liberating. Johnny points out that she really excelled in the competition relatively late and earned two badges in a row. She says she was basically average and safe for a long time, and that was frustrating, but she was able to motivate herself. And then she won in the top three. interesting that this is all we're going to talk about for yvonne because it doesn't really give me setting up a winner's arc no i don't i her place uh, honest, beautiful for you i i think it's a clear it was clear like you said earlier i didn't expect her to be there i thought it was going to be kelly um but i think the two strongest um 
the two with the strongest track records going in are Meta and Pandora. So I highly expect the outcome to be, Yvonne, my dear, sorry, this is not your time, and it be a top two lip sync. Yep. I don't yep, expect the three of them to lip sync uh, against each other. I think it's going to be a, um, it's going to come down to the two of them, and then one of them will be chosen. Like, because they're the two I feel are, it was always going to be between the two of them. What's it, I think by halfway, it was like, these are the two that are most likely going to win. Because it's likely her crown to lose, Barbie wants to know how much she is looking forward to the finale. Pandora says, she says she will act that she has something prepared, but she will leave it as a surprise. Mm-hmm. Johnny says that she delivered fearless, great drag performances. Where does she gain this freedom and strength to live it all out on the stage? And Pandora says, it's what inside that what wants out. And what better stage than to do it on the drag race runway? Is drag a survival strategy for her? She says in their time and region, probably know as she thinks there are many places and people who are far off worse. She says she is fortunate that she can do it freely. She says, on the other hand, it gives you a lot of strength, but it is very emotional for her. It's not a survival strategy as it's something that makes her happy. Okay. Mm-hmm. A little more positive in the in the sense of, of why this is important to her. Yeah, yeah. I think... I think Pandora always has like she goes off on her tangents when she talks sometimes. Uh, like when we got when we met her dad, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, we understand yep. where you get it from." Um, but yeah, it was, it was very concise, very um, like I'm not. I, I have I know what I want to do for the finale. I don't want to give anything away. So you know, you're gonna. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. A, I'm gonna give you a spectacle because that's what wants to come out and, and show the world. Metamore Kid, we start off by asking her how long she has been dreaming of participating in Drag Race, and she says since she was 16 years old. When she first saw it, she instantly decided she wants it to be her job. She says she wasn't good at anything. She had no talent, wasn't good in school, wasn't good in sports, basically nothing. Neither was I, and so here I am with a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) She says drag naturally comes for her, and it's her life's purpose. It was her dream to be on Drag Race. It was the ultimate goal she worked through her career for, and now she's in the top three. Barbie says her move to the finale turned out rather dramatic. What was it like to lip sync against Kelly? And she says really hard. She has tremendous respect for Kelly. And in that moment, lip syncing against her was hard. She says they looked each other in the eyes and cried and said, we'll do our best. May the best queen win. She loves Kelly and hopes she hopes the world loves her just as half, half as much as she loves her. Uh, yeah. Nope. That was wrong. Reverse it. Huh? So Yeah. <laughs> I think this one was a little more of a what is Dragon Grace mean to you? Maybe we're not getting like a little chatty chat because that's a question yeah. that's going to happen next week. I don't know. Yeah. Now, I, also, I, 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 I was okay with it being this this format, so I, w- I was fine with that. Barbie will take this moment to remind the queens that they are role models for the kids watching at home who may not know who they are or how to live authentically. They're showing them how to do it with dignity, fun, energy, and joy of life. Once again, sharing the love. Barbie really loves to remind how important that platform is in really genuine and authentic ways. So what do they, the contestants, want to tell the kids? Pandora says she thinks it's important not to be too influenced by typical social societal stereotypes, as it's hard to categorize 8 billion people. She says, don't be influenced by that. Do what you feel like doing, because that's the only way you'll make yourself happy. She says, don't try to make everyone else happy because it's important. 
Lorelai says it's really easy to feel very alone in the process and to feel like you don't belong or that there's no place that will embrace you. She says, look around. There's a big family waiting for you and accept you just the way you are. Yeah, I mean, Barbie really wants to make sure, like, if this is the only time you're ever going to see Drag Race Germany, the German fans know how to accept and and respect the community. Because right now, the three newest ones, Mexico, Germany, and Brazil, have any of them been picked up for season two? Mexico is filming soon. Okay. So Germany and Brazil are, are, are on the bubble right now of getting a second season. They're they're probably going to. I think most, I, I believe every drag race iteration is guaranteed a two season pickup. Unless you're Sweden. I don't think that's true. I think they have it also. They just haven't started filming. Oh, but they said they canceled it. Who did? Reddit? Could, Reddit's not right. I don't know. It, it, kept, it would be foaming around being like that Sweden got canceled like after season no, one. It's, it's one. Mm-hmm. It was the biggest. Um, it was the ratings were huge. It's it's a timing thing. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what happens with the fandom. This is why it's very yeah. dangerous. And if if people are are aware, there may have been a high contestant that was kicked off of Global All Stars because of the fans. Just putting it out there. Wait, what? What happened? What? What? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, because who was who was supposed to be for Thailand? Wasn't it Bandit? Mm-mm. No, who's who's Thai? We'll talk about it later because I don't want to give it a juice for us. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Um, okay. Now it's up to the fans to share what they think. Who has the potential to be the first winner of Drag Race Germany? Let's check in with the likes on Instagram. According to the Drag Race Germany Instagram, we have Metamorkid at 3,292 likes, Pandora 5,493, Yvonne 2,185. World of Wonder Instagram 2,716 for Metamorkid, Pandora 4,769, and Yvonne 2,899. The world, wow, the world of wonder presents plus Instagram, Metamorkid one thousand eight hundred eighty three, Pandora four thousand six hundred eighty four, Yvonne nine hundred sixty six. Um, so yeah, pretty sure we kind of know who the fans want, right? Mm-hmm. Any surprises? No, no, I kind of expected. Um, no, it, yeah, I feel fan wise, I feel like the fans are, are going more for Pandora um to have like the first cis- cisgender winner um so yeah i think her her and meta have always been the like the two and again it's gonna come down to a non-german <laughs> winning drag race germany before the reunion they all voted and it's time to reconcile the votes and reveal who who will be crowned Drag Race Germany's first ever Miss Darling, a.k.a. Miss Congeniality. Why can't we just call yeah. Miss Congeniality? They want to be special and different. Johnny will read the results. Victoria Shakespeare, the only Naomi. Victoria Shakespeare, Victoria Shakespeare's Tessa Testicle. Barbecue, Victoria. Victoria Shakespeare, the only Naomi. Victoria Shakespeare, you do the math, girl. Victoria wins. What? Huh? Mm-hmm. The only, was the one Kelly thing was, out? the one thing... <laughs> Was whenever he said their names, the way he did his voice inflictions, I was like, no, girl, no, no. Where he would be like, 
But I mean, you, it was just like, I was like, Johnny, you know, just talk like a normal person. We don't need, we don't need this weird, like, uh, cartoony, like, voice coming out of your face. Yeah, I don't know if it was like, if they, well, no, because this is filmed after they've already done the top four, or they've already filmed, this is most likely done after, like, filming. That's what I thought. So I was like, so I don't know why they were, why, because I honestly thought Kelly was going to get it. Um, right. But yeah, I guess it's, I don't know, I guess everyone loved Victoria, except for the ones who didn't vote for her. <laughs> to help crown it, it is time to bring out that final part of the judging panel. Diane Brill, accompanied by a hunk of a man, naturally. Mm-hmm. Victoria will say that Miss Darling is for her mom. Without her, she wouldn't be there. She never gave her the feeling that they were miserable and showed her with how little they've got, they can always share and help those in need. Girl, this is a Miss Universe. That's a different. It really, it really was. It felt like when she, it felt like she was on a different show when she it was giving this like, oh my god, like this whole thing. It's like that's what you do. Like it felt like this was what you know what it was. That what might I think that was going to be her winner speech. That's what it was, and I think she's and like I can do it now. That she's going to donate part of the profits from her single Vagabunda Pop Star to a very special institution for gay and trans people in Brazil. And then I'm like, Aquarella, that's your turn now. What are you going to do, bitch? Mm-hmm. Victoria shares that Brazil has the highest gay and trans murder rate just because of who they are, where they are. She says it's good that they're talking about it and bringing light and awareness and doing something about it. Stream Vagabunda Pop Star now and help homeless gay and trans people in Brazil. Have you downloaded it? No. That's okay. You should dance to it. You can perform it. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Now with Diane <laughs> on the stage, you can't leave her hanging. Let's end it with a question for her. Mm-hmm. What were her highlights? The queens. She says they laugh, they cry, and her heart just grew in size. Look at her trying to do poetry like Pandora. Exactly. I was hoping when she walked out, she was all, everyone, this is her Herbert. Literally, I was like, "Where is Herbert?" He's I would have loved it, been like, as like Herbert was like this hot fucking like he's been in the pit crew this entire time. <laughs> All right, I got some burning questions to wrap this podcast up. Are yes, you ready? let's do let's do this. What is the season's legacy thus far? Um, hmm. I don't know. I think it's like it's it has it's had a strong first outing. Um. There hasn't really been much drama compared to some of the other newer seasons. Um, I think I think its legacy might just be that it's like I think it's probably more socially aware than uh, than other seasons. Like they've been, especially given like Barbie being the host. I think they're there. She's being a lot. She's it's a little bit more vocal than than other hosts have been in regards to yeah, the I, I uh, gay is issues been- and and community it's, issues it's really been a, a strong season good mm-hmm. drag good contestants obviously in the world of drag races underrated because i don't think enough people watched it because of yeah. the thought of how much there was but i really do think it's been a strong franchise um and again and i think part of why we haven't heard it's been picked up for a second season the same with brazil they were still in the airing. They they didn't yeah. end yet, so they couldn't make an announcement quite yet. Mm-hmm. That being said, I really do expect this to pop off. I mean, again, when you have a budget yeah. that the size they do have, it's not going anywhere. And the fact that they had they, they used that this studio is being used, uh, it was used for three different seasons. 
potentially a global season. Um, you know, it's going to, it's like, you're like, I, we put a lot of work into this for these three shows. So I'm like, we're not just going to have it be one and done. It's, um, oh God, my, 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 my coffee is not kicked in. Um, but also too, it's not like I mean, there's still a, uh, still a universe in which this next season could be filmed in Germany. So they're not. Yeah, it could, they could go. Germany. They could go back to. They could be good. They could film in Germany. But it's not like it's like where it's like Canada, who finally and got four season four finally is like come to air this past week, and it's like earlier in the week was like casting for season five is is underway. So I think it's like right. when you have a season that's gone for a couple of years that's been on a few seasons, then you can do like the early announcements for film of casting. For the next season, while the next while the current one is airing, um, but when you're like brand new, it's not like halfway. They have to wait to be like we have to make sure the numbers are there. Do we want to put the money in for a second season, or do we want right. to give you a second season and hope? And and with that thing of being like, if it's not if it's not as good, where you're you're being you're getting the boot like Holland did. Like, who won the week? Who had the best episode? Um, I think the only Naomi kind of won the week. That reading challenge of hers was like was so good. I was like, she yeah, looked good. She, was she looked good. I thought she. Mm -hmm. looked great. Yep. After eleven episodes, the winner of the season is. Um. I I think I I think I wanted to go to Metamorphic, but I, but yeah. I think I, think I wanted to go to Metamorphic. I think it's going to go to Pandora, and I think it's going to go to Pandora because. It does come down to a lip sync and track record. She does have the slight edge. If it does have anything to do with what the fans say, I think it's time that she wins and mm -hmm. deservedly so. Yeah, it's between the two of them. It's between the two of them. I think I think I just I like Meta just slightly more. And I think Meta was my number one when I gave my list uh, for our podcast. But I think number two was Pandora. So it's very much like they've been like my two favorites since the just since the promo so all right well where can we find you on social media venmo and any projects you want to plug uh you can find me on instagram at harry is precious as harry uh, venmo is precious envy uh do, 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 do. Uh, my next official gig will be uh next month in december monday december 18th i will be doing my annual uh holiday show at rock bar titled We're All Misfits. Uh, yeah, so that should be a lot of fun. If you are a fan of holiday music, uh, come on by. And even if you're not a fan, I will make you a fan because I don't do, it's not your mama's drag holiday show. I, I'm like, I, I, do, I do the deep cuts. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was a blast. No problem.